Morning. Can you hear me okay? Let us pray. Almighty God, may you indeed raise us up on eagle's wings and may the sunshine of your word and of your message here today for a little while. In Christ's name, amen. Paul and I are so glad to be with you today. It's such a treat to be back to worship with you. I don't know that I can tell you just how special you are. And there are many, many reasons how special this congregation is. But, of course, it's always the people, each and every one of you, who make this a special place to worship. And we are delighted to be back here. I do want to tell you something that you do that um, makes this a special place for a preacher to worship. And that is you have someone to do the liturgy. And Susan, of course, did a great job today. But if you ever wondered, when does a preacher worship? Your preacher may be able to do it. But for me, at church on Sunday morning from 11 to 12 or during that hour is not the time that I get to worship. Because I'm worried about what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do. And when someone else does the liturgy for just a little bit, you can worship. So thank you. Our scripture today comes from Luke, the 17th chapter, the 11th through the 19th verses. And as Mariana alluded, uh, this is a story of the ten lepers. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to your priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. That man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. That is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, the title of the sermon today is An Attitude of Gratitude. Like I said, I have a real attitude of gratitude to be here today and to for this church and for the work that you were doing. Paul and I have been doing uh, pretty well since we have seen you last. Uh, We have traveled a lot. Uh, We have uh, been working at uh, churches, preaching somewhere just about every Sunday. Uh, Paul, you know, had a cataract surgery last week, and he's getting a a little old. (laughs) And um, so the other day, I did something I don't usually do that as I let him go off to Huntsville from Rogersville now by himself. (laughs) Normally I go with him to say, Paul, remember, you're supposed to turn here now. Remember where we're going. Well, I let him go off, and he hadn't been gone very long, and I heard on the radio 
that there was some knucklehead driving the wrong way on I-565. So I called him on the cell phone to warn him. I said, Paul, honey, there's a person driving the wrong way on I-565. And he said, oh, Susan, there's not just one person. There's hundreds of them. That's why I try not to let him out too much by himself. That's a joke. I think. The verses I read today from the Gospel of Luke show a side of Jesus that we might not be used to see. It seems like a side of him that's sort of complaining. The people that he had healed were not grateful. And he said, why are you not grateful? Well, this is unusual because many times when Jesus healed people, he told them not to even tell anybody, didn't he? He didn't want any recognition. He wanted to keep it quiet. He didn't even want anybody to know. So this is really unusual that he seems offended that only one of these ten people has come back to say thank you. When you do something for someone, you like to hear thank you, don't you? Those are nice words, aren't they? When I was growing up in my family, you didn't ever do anything without saying please or thank you. If you ask for something, my mother's words were going to be, and you say, please. And she would give it to you and still holding on to it, say, now what do you say? Thank you. So even though we might not have always meant it, we always said it. Well, you know, when I take Paul his coffee in bed every morning, <laughs> I like for him to say thank you. And what I usually do, his mother didn't teach him that. When I put it down on the nightstand, I stand there, and he's usually watching TV or playing on the computer, reading the news. And if he doesn't say thank you, I go... <clears throat> And I stand there until he says, thank you. And then when I take him his breakfast in bed, I am likely to pour his scrambled eggs on his head if he doesn't say, thank you. Now, lest you think I really do this every morning, I'm going to tell you that what we do at our house is we take turns. One morning he makes the coffee and the breakfast, and the other morning I make the coffee and the breakfast. But I always contend that my turn comes around a lot more than his. I'm, I've been threatening to keep like a chalkboard, you know, like where we put Monday, I did it, Tuesday is your day, but I haven't done that yet. But everybody likes to be appreciated. When you do something nice for someone, you want to be told thank you, don't you? You want to feel appreciated. You want to be around people who have an attitude like that. Jesus wanted these lepers just to be thankful, just to say thank you. There aren't many positive things that go around on Facebook that we can talk about in church, but one of them is a lot of people uh, in the last two or three years have been doing that 40 days of gratitude. Have you ever done that? Maybe you did 10 days or 21 days. Once for Lent at Rogersville, we did that. We worked for 40 days saying something or writing down something or putting it on Facebook or somewhere, something you were thankful for every day. 
Now, that's real easy at first, isn't it? But when you get back to the 30th day, you're going, okay, I've already been thankful for my family, my friends, for God. Now what? Sometimes you kind of have to rack your brain to come up with something. But that's a good exercise, and it's good for us to develop an attitude of gratitude. It is better for us to focus on what we have, isn't it, than what we don't have. Now, in this scripture today, there's something else I want us to notice about this person who came back to say thank you. Who was this one out of ten who came back in a special effort to express his gratitude? Was it a beloved Galilean? Was it a fellow Jew? No, it was not. It was a Samaritan. And lest you forget, Samaritans were hated by the Jews. They were considered infidels and the enemy. And this passage, it points out where Jesus and his disciples were. It says they were on the border of Samaria and Galilee. This would be a place where some people would want to build a wall. A place where people on the other side were not wanted to cross over. A place where you might have bad feelings towards your neighbor. And certainly they did. They had really bad feelings toward the Samaritans. So this is where Jesus was. And the one person who proved to be grateful was the enemy a foreigner, a hated Samaritan. This is not the first time that a Samaritan has been the hero of the story, is it? We heard this somewhere before. The good Samaritan. Have you ever thought about the very fact that we call that story the good Samaritan, as though all the other Samaritans were bad? This one was good. Remember that story. There was a Jew, probably, laying by the side of the road, and his fellow Jews, a priest, came by and walked on. And then his really righteous Jew friend, a Levite, came by. He didn't stop either, did he? Who stopped? A Samaritan, a foreigner, an enemy to many. You think maybe Jesus is trying to tell us something? Maybe he was telling the disciples? Maybe he wasn't expressing this complaining attitude for himself, but for us. For us to see that we are not to judge someone by their race or background or where they're from. Maybe he was trying to tell us to love our enemies and realize that our enemy might be the one who stopped by the road to offer us a cup of water when we were thirsty, or a healing, or a kind word. Maybe he was not offended at all, but he was making a point for our benefit. He said, is there no one who has come to be thankful? Is there no one who has come to praise God? except this foreigner? No one? 
Are we grateful for all people? I am very thankful for my neighbors who live next door. They are very nice. They feed us all the time. We feed them some of the time. We ride in their nice boat. We sit on each other's porches. We are real friends. They are real neighbors. But what about the neighbor down the road, the one whose dog bit me? (laughs) I am really not fond of that neighbor. Honestly, these people have the worst attitude that they would continue to have this dog who has bitten numerous people. A couple of years ago, when we used to, we used to walk by their house. We don't even walk that way anymore because we got tired of carrying a stick to beat this dog. Now, lest you say you should call the Humane Society, we live in the country. You do not have the Humane Society in the county. These people have every right to have this dog and for it to roam free, except that it has bitten several people. And we finally got them to take it to obedience school when Paul said, I'm going to sue you the next time that dog threatens me. Someone is going to sue you. I don't like those neighbors very much. It is not easy to like them. That is not what we are taught, is it? We are taught to love them. And we are taught to love all our enemies. We are taught to love those hated Samaritans. Once again, Jesus gives us a challenge, doesn't he? One I know that you can meet. And one, with God's help, I will be able to meet too. I know that you can meet that challenge because you are a well-taught group of people. Because you are able and generous and you have an attitude of gratitude. You have so much to be thankful for here, don't you? You have a new building, debt-free, I understand. You're growing and changing and serving and loving your neighbor. You are loving your neighbor through missions and local projects. You are loving your neighbor in Guatemala, I know. You are loving your neighbor through youth and children and preschool, and I bet you've got some special projects planned for Christmas, and I bet you did some things for back to school. You are a grateful church who shines your light all over Scottsboro and Jackson County. And thanks to the work that you do, it goes way beyond there to Tennessee and to the ends of the earth. One of the new things that Paul and I are doing is I'm working for the Cumberland Presbyterian denomination. And what I am is a liaison with Hope and Grace Presbyteries, and they let me slip over to Robert Donald today to be a liaison with our denomination and churches to encourage giving to OUO. How many of you know what OUO is? OUO is our United Outreach. That is the way the primary funding arm for all activities that are done by our Cumberland Presbyterian denomination. Activities in Memphis and throughout the world. And what I am here today, in addition to filling in for uh, Reverend Tank, is to say thank you to you, to Scottsboro, for all that you do for OUO. What you do helps our denomination not just be one little church here or there, 
but a group of 72,000 members throughout the world who carry out Matthew 28, go into all the world making disciples. By coming together, pooling our money together, we can do more. Together, we can rebuild after hurricanes in Haiti and tornadoes and floods and hurricanes up the east coast of our country. We can hold youth camps and CPYC, Children's Fest, Women's Convention, Pastors' Convention. We can do all kinds of things through our General Assembly. It is very much a we thing. We do publications together. We save women from abuse at Thistle Farm. We offer homeless children sanctuary in the children's home. We educate students at Bethel and Memphis Theological Seminary, and we train pastors. It really is a we deal. Now, you are a very special church in our denomination. You are a church who gives a tithe or 10% to OUO. Not every church does that. Many churches feel they're too small or can't do it or just rather do something else with the money. It's all about priorities, isn't it? And you have made our work together a priority here at Scottsboro. So today, I am here to thank you for letting your light shine, for being a shining light on a hill for all the denomination. And I have a present for you. like presents, don't we? This present I have for you is a lamp. And this is a very special lamp. This lamp is a replica of the Cumberland Presbyterian denominational office headquarters that we used to have. It's no longer with us. And to be honest with you, I didn't go out and buy a lot of these presents to give to all our tithing churches. We had them in a closet gathering dust. (laughs) And when I asked Michael Sharp, do you have anything? Can I buy something to take and give as a present to these churches who are givers? And he said, Oh, do I have something for you. And he was so glad to get these out of the closet and into your church. Now, we all know that we want to let our light shine, and your light is shining. So now we're going to sing a song all together. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You know that I'm a farm girl and I know this is only a half a bushel. But it was three four dollars on eBay. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this wonderful church. This church, oh God, that is the people. The people here, those who are not here today. They're wonderful leaders. They're wonderful spirit. 
we are so thankful. We are thankful that they join together with others to help spread the gospel. We are thankful, O oh God, that that gospel is spread in this room, in this community, and throughout the world. Almighty God, we ask your blessings upon these thy people. In Christ's name.